0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. 2 Timothy chapter 4, there in your Bibles, let's begin reading in verse number 1. It says, I charge thee therefore before God... And the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables." Sounds like right now, doesn't it? Sounds like 2020 2021 during this time. Verse 5, it says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Probably one of the most famous verses in the Bible, verse 7, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord... The righteous judge shall give me at that day and not to me only but unto all them also that love his appearing let's pray heavenly father god i thank you for this service tonight thank you for the songs and the the service already this tonight lord spoke to my heart and confirmed to my heart that this is the message for tonight God, gotta pray that as we open your word that we would open our hearts um, to you and uh, to, uh, to deal with the things in our life that you uh, speak to us about directly tonight lord i pray that you'd help me Lord, to uh, have clarity of thought, clarity of speech, Lord, as well. And God, I pray that you bless our pastors. He's away and he's preaching. Give them um, your power and your, your spirit, Lord. And God, I pray likewise for me tonight, Lord. Hide behind the cross, Lord. And Lord, I pray that I would be set aside tonight, Lord, and your word would be spoken tonight. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Now, I know it's not for everybody, and uh, but there's just something about a good fight. There's something about a good fight. And I'm not talking about a husband and a wife. Okay, I'm talking about just somebody getting in the ring and they just they just start beating on each other. Now I don't, I do not, and my wife can attest to this. I don't, I don't want I don't even know if we have the sports channel at our at our house, but I don't watch boxing. But every once in a while, uh, mixed martial arts, I will k- try to catch some highlights because I just want to see two people just go at it. Uh, I like watching hockey from time to time uh, because of the fights that break out. Uh, I-, I went to several hockey games, and uh, the phrase is. Uh, we went to a boxing match and a hockey game broke out because nobody goes to watch hockey. They want to see the fight. Um, nursery workers might know what I'm talking about, but there's just something about my boys just, just going at it and just hitting each other. And uh, I have to sometimes pull them off of each other. And you'd be surprised. Ryder, uh, he might seem like he is timid, but he's the one that he'll t- he has a high pain tolerance. Uh, Ryan's the one that's the big wimp. Uh, but the, the, I'll get down there, and they'll be fighting with me, and all of a sudden I'll say, hey, we've got to take a break because something bad's about to happen. I can just tell we're getting too rough. But I like watching a good fight, uh, especially when the, 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 the people that are fighting are big and they're strong, and you know that possibly one person could just get knocked out in one hit. And uh, if I've not offended you already, I apologize. I'm going to try harder in a little bit. Uh, but it's, I love a good fight. Whether we like it or not, the Christian life oftentimes in the Bible— uh, it, it says that it is a fight, and that 's what the Christian life is. We are in a fight, and we have an enemy, we have an opponent, we have a challenger, probably a verse that we all put to memorization when we were younger, but 1 peter five eight says, Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a, um, because your adversary, the devil has a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Verse nine says this. Whom resists is steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. The devil is not going to give us a free pass. Uh, we sang that song tonight. Once again, I face Satan this morning. Uh, one day you're not going to wake up and the devil's just going to say, you know what? I'm going to give Caleb Schner just a, a, a day where he could just relax. I'm not going to mess with him today. I'm not going to tempt him today. The devil's not going to stop. Your flesh is not going to stop. This world is not going to stop. Constantly, we're going to have an opponent. There's always going to be a challenge. There's going to be a fight. The Bible says, uh, let's turn here, if you could. First Corinthians uh, chapter 9. We'll read a couple verses here. 1 Corinthians 9. But we have an enemy, and it's our uh, flesh, that is what we're going to talk about as well. We have the devil. We have our flesh, our old sin nature. 1 uh, Corinthians 9. We'll read two verses here, and we'll refer to them a little bit uh, in a little bit again. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 26, it says, I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Paul says here, But I keep under my bodies, and I keep my body under control, and I bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So we have the devil as our opponent. We have our flesh as our opponent. We also have to fight against this world and this world's system. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you, again, the whole armor. Not just a little bit. Take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all, to stand," says that we wrestle. Uh, as, um, if you could picture with me maybe wrestling, maybe if, if you had some boys or something wrestling with, your, your kids, or uh, I, I did not compete in wrestling, I, I'm the one that does not have a high pain tolerance. Ryan takes after me. Uh, I don't even like a paper cut. It's like, man, I'm just not good with that stuff. But this, it says we wrestle. So this, this, the devil, uh, this world, our flesh, they have a grip on us. They're trying to grip us. They're trying to weigh us down. We're trying to get free. This world system is not a friend to God it, or to God's people. God in this world system does not see eye to eye. The Bible tells us in James 4, verse 4, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. The Bible's teaching us here, telling us that you cannot be a friend of the world and you cannot be a friend of God. You can't be a friend of God and be a friend of the world. Those just do not mix. This world system, this present world system, the values of this world, they go directly against God's values. You see what this world thinks is important, what they think is is first class and what they think is important and what they think is uh, your first choice, it goes directly against what God has. And what God says is important, what God says is right, the world says that's wrong and they don't care anything about that. This world wants nothing uh, to do with Jesus Christ. They are at war with one another. So we have the world system to contend with, we have our flesh, we have the devil to contend with. I don't know if you've realized it yet, but we are in a fight and it doesn't stop. It's every single day. There's a lot of things that can wear us down on even a daily basis, heartaches and hardships. Uh, our health, our finances, uh, maybe a a broken relationship, things that just wear us down and and, uh, really just just make us weary. But we are in a fight and we've talked about some opponents. But I also want to just make mention that we don't have a say about this fight. We have to fight. There's no choice. And that fight began when we got saved. See, the devil does all he can to keep you from getting saved. And then once you get saved, he said, well, I lost one, but I'm going to try all I can to take him out of this fight. I'm going to take him out so that he can't help others and point others to Jesus Christ. That fight began when you got saved. So we need to stop trying to get away from it and just face it head on. Now, I don't know about you, but I I, I try not to, but it just, it's just part of me. I'm very competitive. I'm very competitive. I don't like to lose. Uh, I just I, I feel like if you're going to do something, you just need to do it really well, and you've got to win at it. And if you know you're not going to win, you've got to cheat. No, I'm just kidding. I won't but do that. But... Uh, uh, this last couple weeks ago, my daughter, we were playing a game and she realized that she was starting to lose and um, I'm a good parent, right? So I'm going to teach my kids how to lose. I'm not going to let them win. I'm very competitive. So I said, no, you're going to win fair and square. Uh, and I remember, I remember growing up uh, and I had two older sisters and maybe this is why I wanted to win because they didn't let me win in anything. Uh, but I remember we were playing kickball in our yard and uh, this kid got up and he kicked the ball and he's running around the bases and we pegged him. He was out, right? And he started crying, he said, my mom and dad always let me get a home run, they always let me win. And I remember saying to him, I think I was in third grade, I said, not in this backyard, we're going we're to play for real, uh, we're not just going to give you a free pass. Uh, but my daughter, she really started to notice, we were playing Candyland, she realized that she had landed on a, uh, a certain square that meant she had to go all the way to the back, and uh, she tried to hide it and say that she had landed, and I said, nope, you're going all the way back, I don't want to play anymore. And uh, we had a big talk that says, no, you're going to lose, and uh, Dad's going to win. You know, I'm, but I say, you've got to learn how to lose, okay? And we're going to get to that in a little bit about sometimes we're not always going to win a battle, but we're going to win the fight with the power of Jesus Christ. See, we're in, uh, we're in a fight, and there's always someone or something that wants to take us out. I want to preach a message tonight entitled, Fighting Above Your Weight. Fighting Above Your Weight. I ran across this statement a while back, and I Googled it. And I was sent to many websites that had to do with boxing and with uh, trainers, obviously, that are training boxers. And all the sites seemed to indicate that fighting above your weight meant a couple things. It meant that you're fighting someone that's bigger than you, meaner than you, and someone that had the ability to knock the snot out of you. And it says, man, this, these people are just, they're, are, you're fighting above your weight. There's no chance that you're going to win this. However, there was a disclaimer on many of these websites that said uh, in the, uh, given in the midst of this, uh, defining this idea of fighting above your weight, that there have been some fighters in the past who managed to fight beyond their abilities and win the battle against an opponent who was bigger, meaner, and they had the ability to knock the snot out of them. Now, again, I like watching sports, and I love it when, like, a number one seed gets knocked out by an underdog. Uh, there's nothing like that when someone says, man, this person has no chance of winning, and then they come back and it's a big upset. I want to say that we're fighting above our weight. However, don't get me wrong. I know that we have Jesus Christ on our side, but we need to make sure that daily we're asking him for his help because with him we are more than conquerors. They had been outmanned and outgunned from the beginning, but they kept on fighting above their weight till they had the victory. Look at 1 Corinthians 9 again, verse 26 and 27. Uh, There Paul is saying, he says, Therefore so run, that is uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. He's literally saying, I'm not just, you know, I'm shadow boxing. He says, Man, I'm not just, I'm not just gonna be shadow boxing, I'm not just gonna be wasting my energy, I'm not just playing around at this thing, I'm not just playing around with Christianity, I'm not just playing a game. This is real. It is a real fight. That um, the word there in verse 27, castaway, says I myself should be a castaway, really basically translate into not approved. In this text, Paul is literally talking about the judgment seat and where the rewards are going to be given out. Uh, Paul is saying that he is out maybe running a race to win, and he's there to get a reward. Now, we understand okay, that we can't uh, earn salvation. However, we can uh, have a goal, right? We have a goal in mind, and that is to finish our race and to ultimately hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Number one tonight, as I move quickly, i got a lot of ground to cover. I'm going to try to move fast. Number one, with fighting above your weight, we need to understand, first of all, understand it's a battle. It's a battle. One of the earliest mistakes I believe that the devil tempts us into believing is that everything's just going to be easy going. Uh, we're going to be walking in places of refuge by still waters and uh, green, lush pastures, and there's not going to be any struggles, but there will be struggles. There's going to be heartaches. There's going to be hardships. There's going to be things that we don't understand why we have to go through this. Nothing good comes easy. We are in the fight of our life. And again, I want to remind us, the devil never gives us a free pass. He never stops fighting. We too must not stop fighting. Uh, Romans chapter 8, you don't need to turn there for sake of time, but uh, Paul, uh, again, gives us the very direction, really, of the how-to, of the punches of this fight. And uh, many, many places here, we'll mention a few, but Romans 8 and verses uh, 12 through 14, it says that, he says, do mortify The deeds, he said, man, mortify it, mortify the the deeds of the body, and you shall live. Uh, Again, in Colossians three, he says, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, or inordinate affection, evil uh, man. I I did it. Evil concupiscence. I tried. I I promise you, I tried saying that word, and I got it until right then. Concupiscence. Anyways, sorry. Back to the back to the verse here, and covetousness, which is idolatry. He says here, but uh, in verse number eight. But now you also put off all these: anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Saying, "Man, get that under control. Destroy it. Be in charge of it." Uh, verse uh, twenty-four in Galatians five says, "And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the uh, uh, crucified the flesh with the affections and lust." Paul is saying here literally. We need to mortify, we need to be in control with the power of Jesus Christ. We can get the victory, amen? Uh, destroy, overcome it. I would like to say that uh, many times I feel like I, I could say, I think I do a good job. I do mess up from time to time, but I think I'd, when the devil tempts me, I can, I can say, you know what? I know I'm not supposed to do this. Uh, I know I'm not supposed to, to, to pause and think about this. Lord, help me with this. But you know what, mostly where I, where I fall is what, the guy that I look in the mirror every day. I, I, I have such a hard time. I will battle this world. I could say, I see what the world has to offer I mean, I don't want any part of that. Uh, the devil, I know he's my enemy, I want nothing to do with that, but then it comes to my own shortcomings, my own fleshly desires and my own personal weaknesses. And i fought everything but myself. We need to understand, church member, that we are in a Bible, uh, or we are in a battle. The Bible tells us that we need to pray and we need to fast. If you can ever, through the Spirit, master yourself and beat down these things that control our mind and our thoughts, that is really where half the battle is. It's in our mind. I can't remember how many times I've heard with competing in sports and different things that, and uh, just really, even everyday tasks, uh, working on a project, I start to get something in my mind like, "Man, you're going to ruin this. You're not. You can't do this." Uh, again, like I said, I'm very competitive, and from time to time, I'll play basketball with uh, with Brother Nathan and Mark and some guys and. Uh, they know. It's like, don't, don't tell me that I'm going to lose. Don't tell me that I'm terrible, because it's like, okay, go ahead. Go ahead and say that, because now the game's over. I don't, again, I don't care if I'm going to break your ankle. I don't care if you're, I'm going to knock you down to the ground. I'm going to win now. Um, but uh, all that to say is we are in a, bo- uh, we are in a battle. Let's decide, before, uh, uh, as I say to many times, I try to encourage our teenagers, uh, especially when I was a youth pastor, You um, need to make a decision before that decision comes to pass. Make a decision before you ha- uh, the devil offers something to you. Man, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go there. Let's decide. Let's quit making up excuses on why we can't fight this fight. Let's determine to conquer uh, those feelings and those, those lusts and those failures that control us. Let's conquer that. Because honestly, I think if, uh, if you were to say, man, I can't tell how many times I've met people that say, I think if I walked into church, the walls would fall down or the church would come crumbling down. And they said, you have no idea. I'm just a terrible person. And you know what I say? Uh, You're in good company. I'm not a good person. I, I, I know. I've I, I said this before, but I used to say that I was the, uh, the worst sinner. And then I thought about this. I'm probably the best sinner. I probably sinned the most in this room. I said, Lord, help me. Help me get the victory over this. We are fighting above our weight. We need to understand that it's a battle. All of God's children have struggles and real issues. But we cannot let them control who we are and what we do for the Lord. Paul comes along and he says, my body, my thoughts, my dreams, my own desires are going to have to become my slaves rather than me being a slave to them. So understand it's a battle. Number two, fighting above your weight, let's learn to take a punch. Learn to take a punch. Again, I don't want to box. I don't want to get hit. However, if I'm going to have to get in the ring and I'm going to have to compete, I hope somebody hits me in the face before I actually go in the ring. I want to know what it feels like. I need to to get in this fight. Learn to take a punch. We're going to go through this life absorbing some blows. Uh, There's this story that's told of an aged saint a long time ago. He was going about his business when he heard a knock on the door. He called out, who is it? And there was this shadowy figure out the door who said, it's the Savior. The old saint was suspicious and he said, well, if you're the Savior, show me your nail prints. The story goes that the devil vanished from his sight because here's the lesson. There is no Christianity without the print of the nails. Christ had to go through a lot in order for us to have salvation. I can't tell you how many times I'll I'll witness to someone and they say, that sounds too good to be true. I said, it does. I said, but it is, it's true. And they'll say, that sounds too easy. I said, it is easy. However, it's easy for us. But what Jesus Christ had to go through for me was very difficult. I'll explain to them that so he left a perfect place in heaven and he came down to this sin-cursed world and he put on this robe of flesh and he went through everything that we had to go through and, uh, and more and went to the cross willingly. And all that he went through on the cross, it came with a price. I'm so thankful that he paid that price and he didn't quit. He fought his fight. Every saint of God, we are born to fight. With that fight, there are punches that we're going to have to take. I wish that we could say that once you get saved, and everything's going to be okay. You're not going to have any heartaches. There's not going to be any hardships. You're not going to have uh, any uh, uh, broken relationships. You're not going to have any of those things that really we don't like to go through, but that would be very unbiblical to say. Romans 8 says, verse 18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time. says there's going to be sufferings. There's going to be sufferings, but I like this. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Um, 2 Corinthians 4 says for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. I don't know what we're going through tonight, but I know that all of us are going through something. We're about to go through something or you just got done going through something. But your light affliction, uh, I've I've said this before to uh, teenagers as well. I said what you're going through right now, I remember, uh, obviously it's a different I can't believe it's, already, it's been a long time since I've been in the youth group. I still consider myself young, okay? But I'll say, what you're going through right now, you think, man, this is huge. This is a big deal. I look back at some of the things I went through in high school, and I say, I can't believe that was a big deal. I'd much rather choose uh, those battles. I'd much rather choose some of those things rather than what's going on now. But I, I'll reassure them that God is enduring you. God is helping you learn to get the battle, uh, win the battle so that when you get older, uh, learn to take those punches now because it's gonna come later and it's going to be bigger and harder but you're going to have a foundation that you can stand on so god i know there's light affliction but it's for a moment it's not it cannot be compared with with uh with glory there's many other passages that spell out the same that suffering is definitely a certainty of life just like boxing They're going to have to go through black eyes. They're going to have to go through uh, busted lips. They're going to have to go through bloody noses. They're going to have to go through uh, surgeries and and, and stitches. There's going to have to be some things that they go through. But we need to keep fighting because you don't understand the importance and we're, we're, we're getting somewhere. Suffering is part of the journey. I want to remind us tonight that when you suffer, you're not alone. I love that the Bible gives us that promise. He will never leave us nor forsake us. You might think sometime you are all alone. I've already mentioned this. Man, nobody's around me encouraging me. I'm the only one going through this. And you know what? That's exactly what the devil wants you to think, that you are the only one and you're all alone. But can I remind you now, Jesus says, I'm right there with you. I am all that you need. I'd like to encourage you this week sometime to go and read Romans chapter eight. It is loaded. It is loaded with promises to those who suffer for the cause of Jesus Christ. So not only do we need to understand it's a battle, not only do we need to learn to take a punch, Thirdly, and I mentioned it already, I'm getting ahead of myself, but thirdly, you have to endure. You have to endure. If you're going to fight above your weight, you must learn to endure. Boxers are told that they need to run two or three miles a day to gain the element of endurance. I'm about you, but that counts me out. Uh, I'm not running two or three miles a month, not even a year, okay? Uh, but there's going to be times uh, when the fight is frustrating, you're going to be weary, but we must keep fighting it's like, uh, Brother Curry, it's like canoeing. Uh, You've got to keep paddling. And if you don't keep up with that current fight against that current, you're eventually going to find yourself right back to where you were. And you're going to be tired and think, man, how do I get up there? Just keep paddling. Keep going through it. Keep, keep, uh, have the Lord help you with that and ask him for your help. Uh, there was this, there's this account of a, a great man of God who is in his 90th year. And he had some of his friends come to him and encourage him to ease up a bit uh, in his spiritual endurance and he quickly answered back to him. He said, why would you have me quit so close to the finish line? And uh, I want to encourage our church family, keep fighting. Keep fighting. Number four, fighting above your weight, we must destroy self-indulgence. Destroy self-indulgence. Peter informed us that the appetites of the flesh are in constant warfare against the soul. First Peter two eleven. he says, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. We are at constant war with our flesh. We need to hate sin, and we need to demand holiness. We need to realize that sin, uh, again, I know we we talk about it all the time, but we need to really picture sin and see how God sees it. That sin that we toy around with, sin that we think, oh, it's not a big deal. Uh, it's It's not a big deal. That's the very thing that put Jesus Christ on that cross. That's the very thing that nailed him to the cross, and he suffered for us. He paid for that, and we're messing around with it. And we're thinking, it's not a big deal. Nobody knows. It's not going to hurt me that much. That's exactly what the devil wants you to think. If you're going to fight a good fight, you need to resist the pull toward self-indulgence. Get in that place with God and his word. Put yourself in a good position in your life to strive above that. Um, I mentioned this uh, recently in the science school class that I've been filling in for Brother Futrell. I remember... I remember being out at college, and uh, I got in the car with uh, Brother Coburnet, as I knew him at the time, uh, now pastor to me. And uh, we were driving somewhere, and we went to Starbucks, and uh, I-, I did not get a coffee because I'm not a coffee drinker. However, I've had two coffees this month already, so that's, that's doing pretty good. For those that wanted me to be a coffee drinker, I've, I've had two. Um, but I got a Gatorade, and I remember drinking this Gatorade, and I was about halfway done with it, and I had it in the cup holder, and I remember... Brother Colbert, pastor, said to me, he said, Caleb, you see that Gatorade right there? He said, it's half gone. And you could fill that up with whatever else that you want. You could put water in it. You could put coffee in it. And it's just, it's not going to taste the same. It's going to be disgusting. He said, you need to make sure that always that you are filled completely to the brim with the Spirit. Because if you leave any room, the flesh, the devil, this world is going to fill it up with what they have to offer. And it's going to pollute. It's going to pollute your life. And so I want to encourage us that we need to get in a place with God each and every day we must take time uh, as, as boxers train each and every day for the fight. We must get in the word of God. We must get on our knees and pray for our, our families, pray for our churches, pray for our children. This uh, preparation of a boxer, it means that he's going to be on a strict regimen for a lengthy period of time where his choices of life are dictated by a trainer. Uh, a couple of things that I was reading, it says what he eats is predetermined for him. How long he sleeps will be scheduled for him. Um, I was just thinking I would like to schedule how much sleep I get, but that, that's determined by my trainers, my children. Uh, it will be demanded of him that he run for two or three miles every single day. Again, uh, not, not for me. Uh, the sorts of foods that he's allowed to eat have been planned out for him. The hours a day he spends in the gym will be designed according to a strict plan, and the amount of water he's required to take in every day will be forced on him. All these things are given so that he can rise to the occasion and become a champion. So if we're going to fight above our weight, we have to know that we're in a fight. We're going to take some hits. We're going to have to endure. And we're going to have to battle against self-indulgence. And lastly, uh, and I have just a couple of things at the end here, so don't get your hopes up, okay? I say lastly. I'm looking at the, looking at the calendar. We're doing okay. Uh, if you're going to fight above your weight, we must learn that you will get weary, you're going to get weary. And don't think that when you get tired, man, I, I'm, I, I'm, I've failed. Uh, it's, it's going to happen. That's when we go to Jesus Christ and realize that really it's his strength that we need. Even boxers who are trained really to the high top physical condition, they get tired by the end of the fight. But here's what's great. They have a remedy for that. And Maybe you've, maybe you've heard this. Maybe you've seen this. Uh, maybe you've experienced this. I don't know. Uh, But they teach them, just keep your hands up. Keep your hands up in front of your face and protect yourself. And there's a lot of times that you'll see some classic fights of some people that are just sitting there taking a punch. They're getting tired and they're getting a breather. And all of a sudden, they just come back and they win that fight. We will get weary in this life. I want to ask you, have you ever been there? I wish I could say that I wasn't really there too often, but it happens more often than I'd like to say. I knew that I wanted to, to get the victory in this, but uh, inside there was just a tiredness, there was a weariness that was beyond my control. Uh, and that's exactly uh, where you need to be. That's exactly where God wants us to be. He says, hey, I, you need me. I want, I want to help you. Can I encourage you tonight, church family, don't quit. Keep your hands up, if you will. Keep on punching, keep on moving, keep praying, keep worshiping, keep giving. I want to say to our, I wanna to say to our dads, keep being, Keep reading your Bible. Keep praying for your family. Keep being a good spouse. Keep praying for your spouse. Keep, 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 uh, keep faithful to your family. Keep faithful to your church. Pray for your church. Pray for uh, our children in our church. Don't give up. We are fighting above our weight, but there are people who are counting on us to do that. I can't tell you how many people uh, that I run into that says, uh, uh, after I say this say, hey, thank you for that uh, reminder, but I have uh, several unsafe family members that I believe are just waiting for me to throw in the towel and say, hey, it's not worth it. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't think that any of this is true. They're waiting for that excuse. But I, I hope I, that I will never be a stumbling block for my family that need to get saved. They're watching us. You know what's, what's amazing, church family? Uh, it's easy to be a Christian when we're on the mountain. And it's very difficult when we're in the valley. But I tell you what, when I go through those valleys, man, my, my relationship, I hope, not every time, I can't say this, but most of the times, it's just so much sweeter with Jesus Christ. And Jesus, help me get through this. And that, for me, has been probably the biggest thing for me growing up, is seeing other saints go through something. I said, man, how do they go through that? And uh, maybe, maybe they're faking it. Maybe they're painting on a smile. I don't think so. I think they're experiencing uh, how Jesus Christ b- brings the only perfect peace that only he can bring. We need to keep fighting. Paul said, I fought a good fight. He did not say that he won every round. He said, I fought a good fight. You see, the truth is, Christian, we don't have to win every round to win the fight. Again, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that we can just give up and and throw in the towel and and, uh, take take a breather, because the devil's never going to give us a breather. But if I can illustrate it this way, it was September 16th, 1981. Uh, Brother Dan's 16th birthday. No, um, it was September 16th, 1981. Thomas... The hitman Hearns was fighting against Sugar Ray Leonard. It was one of the classic fights of the century. It was back and forth. First, Hearns was, was leading the fight with points, and then it was back to Leonard, and then back to Hearns. And it was between the 12th and the 13th round. Uh, the cornerman for Leonard, and his name was Angelo Dundee. He said to Leonard, "You're blowing it. You're blowing it." Leonard got up in the 13th round, and man, he just wailed into Hearns like he had never fought before and just completely obliterated him. And they rang the bell and between the rounds, and he went back, and uh, he fought again, and he rested in that 13th and that 14th, uh, between the 13th and the 14th round, and he went out in that 14th round, and he fought with a new unction, he fought with a new desire, and he was just beating on him. And finally, the referee had to stop the fight, and he said, the fight's over, TKO. It was a classic, classic fight. It was back and forth, but here's the thing. The judges actually had Hearns leading the fight. But he still lost. You see, we don't have to win all the rounds to win the fight. There will be times in our Christian life that we might lose a round or two. But that does not mean, praise the Lord, that the fight is over. You can't tell me how many times that I've lost a round I said, man, I wish I could have that one back. Man, as I say often, actually I say it a lot, you big dummy is what I call myself. "Why, Why did you do that again? And, uh, I mean, I lost that round, but I'm thankful that the Lord says, hey, I'm going to look at the whole fight. I'm not just going to look at that round where you really blew it, but I'm going to look at the whole fight. We must keep fighting. You might lose a round or two, but the fight is still on. Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to end here. If you'd like to turn to Hebrews 11, we're going to look at a couple verses, and then we'll be done. Hebrews 11, another famous passage of Scripture known as the Hall of Faith chapter. We're going to begin reading here in verses 1 and 2. We'll skip down to a couple other verses, but Hebrews 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. If you can picture with me that the judge is God and God's keeping score, uh, and God's scorecard doesn't keep track of all the times that you lost, but it says, they won the fight. That's all it says. They won their fight says they obtained a good report. God was keeping score, and God says the people that are mentioned here in Hebrews 11, they won. They won their fight. Verse 7 there in Hebrews 11 says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not, uh, not, not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. This is the same Noah in Genesis chapter 9 that he grew a vineyard and he got drunk. But God gave Noah a good report. In Ezekiel, he puts Noah's name next to Daniel and Job, and he calls them men of righteousness. God declared Noah a man of righteousness. This is the same man who got drunk and he was naked. You say, he was drunk. Yes, but he got it right. He lost that round, but he got back in the fight, and God declared him a man of righteousness. He won the fight. That's how God saw it. God doesn't, look at the whole, uh, or God doesn't just look at the one round. He looks at the whole fight. He doesn't look at just round three where we lost it and we blew it. Uh, in the same chapter of Hebrews 11, we find a man named Abraham who also obtained a good report. He offered his son Isaac to God and God called him the friend of God. What a title to have. The friend of God. Abraham, as we know, uh, took things in his own hands and didn't believe God's promise and uh, went into his, uh, his handmaid and had, had a baby out of wedlock and, and thought that that would be the way to do it. And, uh, but man, just it made a mess of things. But he got it right and God looked at the whole fight and he said, hey, there was some good times and there was bad times, but he declared Abraham won the fight. I don't know where we are tonight, but maybe you're in a round right now where you're just getting beat up, so I'm blowing it. I wanna encourage you, keep fighting. God's not just looking at that one round. He's looking at your whole fight. Get back in it. We need to keep fighting. We are fighting above our weight against the flesh, against the world, against the devil. In conclusion, I'm going to just end with this here. This is deep. I don't know if you're ready for this. But you cannot win the fight if you quit. You can't win if you quit. And uh, as I was sharing earlier with Reagan, it says you can't just quit every time you start to lose. Otherwise, you're never going to win. You gotta, learn, you gotta learn to lose a round or two and then get back in there and, and win, win the fight. You cannot win the fight if you quit. Number two, in conclusion, praise the Lord for this, you are never out of the fight. You're never out of the fight. Uh, I can't tell many times if you watch something or you watch maybe a, a sports team and they start to get down and say, man, the game is over. I remember many times watching something and say, oh, game's over, I turn it off and all of a sudden I go back the next day and the other team won. And so that's all I had to do was turn off the TV and my team won. Um, uh, I'm not. I'm not like that. But uh, what I'm saying is, we are in this fight, and we're never out of the fight. Just like God the Father is waiting for us with open arms, waiting for us to get back in the fight. Maybe some of us tonight have a testimony of growing up in a Christian home, uh, and uh, maybe you think that, well, I don't know if the Lord can use me because I've never experienced. I've never experienced some of these heartaches that people talk about. And I kind of say, uh, the Lord spared you. Uh, the Lord is going to use you and those that maybe don't have that testimony God wants to use you God wants to use us if we're willing lastly in conclusion here just like we uh, that story that we read there praise the Lord we have someone named Jesus Christ and he is our corner man he's our corner man Hebrews 415 says for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin, that's saying that he's literally gone through the fight before you, went through everything that you went through and he came out undefeated, he won, he won. He is undefeated, he knows the fight better than us. We must take time daily, in between rounds, in between those fights, in between those punches, get back to our corner man and say, Jesus, man, I can't do this without you, I can't do this without you. We need to make sure that we do not give up in this fight. And I just wanna encourage our church family tonight that uh, nothing new tonight, nothing new under the sun, but I, I just think that someone maybe here tonight is thinking, man, I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if there's someone listening that says, I'm just tired, tired of this thing. People are watching you. And if anything, I'll just say it this way. I, I, I don't want a different life. This is the best life, the Christian life. I can't, I can't, I don't understand it. I don't want to understand how people try to do it without Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful that my parents raised me up in, in a church. I'm so thankful by the grace of God that my wife and I are able to bring our kids to church. And I pray that it will continue to be that way. I'm so thankful for this church and the kid, uh, children's ministries. Uh, but I, I just, I want to make sure that we understand that there's a big, uh, a big issue here that we're going to fight. And people are watching us. Our families are depending upon us as husbands and as fathers. We must stay in this fight. So I don't know who's here tonight that feels like, man, you just got a bloody lip, black guy, fat nose, I don't know. Uh, and say, I'm, I'm just tired of this thing. Keep on. Keep on fighting. It's worth it. Uh, the Christian life, it's the best life. It's not going uh, to be super easy, uh, but it's going to be a whole lot easier uh, than the, the alternative. I'm so thankful for the promise of heaven. I'm so thankful that all that God gives to us, we are in a fight. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.